Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the 4 Sports Podcast. Today, we'll be covering the top headlines in the sports world, and we will be joined by special guest EDP445, for those who don't know who he is. He's a Eagles superfan YouTuber, has over 2 million subscribers, and he'll be joining us in about 45 minutes. All right, first, we're going to start off with... So, it's been a week. It's been a week, so we're a little behind on our headlines, so I'm going to go over everything. Starting off... Lions trade Matthew Stafford to Los Angeles for Jared Goff in two first-round picks and a third-round pick. Um, my question here is who won this trade? Oh, the Lions did. The Lions did. The Lions, yes. Okay, I agree. I agree. So, actually, I'm, I'm going to say mine first. So, I think the Lions won the trade because they still have potential in Goff. Like, I think that injury, they just kind of, like, gave up on him for some reason. I mean, they didn't have the best year, but I still think he has potential in him. They took him to the Super Bowl a few years ago. And... Yeah, I mean, and they got two first-round picks and a third-round pick. I mean, and also a downside for the Rams here is they haven't had a, a first-round pick, and they won't have a first-round pick from 2017 to 2023. So I think they need to figure out what's going on there because they are not getting any first-round picks, and that's not good. Yeah, I do think the Lions won the trade by just all the picks they got. But I also feel like, because like the Lions, they're obviously like in a rebuild. I feel like they're going to try to build for the future. But I feel like the Rams, it's not horrible for them because they are they got Matthew Stafford. And I feel like they're kind of a more of a win now just because of that trade. Mm-hmm. Just giving up all their draft picks. I feel like their objective is to win now and not plan for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, uh, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> uh, although I do think... The Lions did win, win the trade for in the future. I think for the now, the Rams won the trade. I do think that Jared Goff could still be a really good. I think he's is a decent quarterback. I think he gets a lot more hate than he deserves. But uh, you know, I think the Lions got good draft capital back, and I think that the Rams are in win now mode. And I think this is a good move for both sides because Stafford won it out. Jared Goff probably didn't change the scenery. Works out for both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Matt Stafford has been banged up over the years, so I don't think he's has like a whole lot of career left in him, but I think he still has a lot of potential to be a really good quarterback. So next is the Nolan Arenado trade to St. Louis Cardinals for roughly $50 million for three pitchers and two infielders. Um, was this a bad move on the Rockies' part? No. Um, I... I mean, Nolan Arenado was already unhappy, so he was most likely going to probably not re-sign there when his contract was up. So it was kind of a good move for the Rockies to get at least something back for him. Um, I don't know too much about baseball and like, the prospects that they got back for him, like if they're good prospects, but like it's something in return. But uh, I still think the Cardinals won this trade, obviously. They're getting yeah. one of the best players in baseball. Um, mm-hmm. And... Their cars are going to be really competitive next year. I don't know if this makes them World Series favorites or not. It makes them, I think, it makes them contenders probably. But um, just a good move by the Cardinals, and also a decent move by the Rockies to get something back for Arenado because he's probably going to either demand a trade or not. I'm back with them when his contract ran up. All right. So while I said the Lions won the other trade because they'll get young prospects, Arenado's still like ball. Obviously, because he has been forever. I mean, he led them to about a 450 win percentage the past two years each year. I, my move, in my opinion, was to get people to help him 
and take that step forward to be a contender in the playoffs instead of trade him away and try to rebuild with a few with four or five prospects. But it all really depends for who won the trade, depending on how those prospects shake out. Because I'm not, I, I, again, I don't know who they are either. I don't know if they're going to good or not. But I think it was a dumb move by the Rockies, in my opinion. But Dylan, honestly, I'm gonna be, I don't know much about baseball. But based on what Christian says, it just sounds like you said he's one of the best players. I know who he is, obviously. But yep. it sounds like he's uh, one of the best players in baseball. And it sounds like now the Cardinals are going to be a contender. So I obviously feel like it was a good move by the Cardinals. I don't know about the prospects on the Rockies. But I feel like it's a good move nonetheless. All right. My last headline is Dustin Majori retired Monday after 14 season with the Red Sox. And he will be joining us next Wednesday. So tune in for that. All right. Starting off, actually, don't, don't. I have another headline for you here. So, um, teams are reportedly calling the Eagles for a possible Wentz trade. Yeah, I saw that. I, it was like they don't want to trade Wentz, but they're still taking the offers. Like they're not like saying yes or no. They're still listening. So I feel like if they get a good offer, like or it has to be like really good offer, they would do it. But they're focusing on trying to make him the starting quarterback and fix him. I feel like it would have to be like a really good offer for them to trade him at this point. I feel like there's going to be a QB competition. I don't feel like they'll trade him, but you, know, you really never know. All right. I'm actually, my last headline is the NBA All-Star Game will be in Atlanta on March 7th. How do we feel about that? I mean, I'm happy about it. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to handle COVID. I saw a thing today. It was like they're more worried about the players not going to the All-Star, All-Star Game, which... I feel like they'll have a bubble at the All-Star game. I feel like the other players might just be doing whatever they want. I don't know. Well, yeah, De'Aaron Fox had a press conference yesterday. He said, to be brutally honest, it's pretty stupid. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, because, like, I mean, they've been every, they've been all around. I mean, they're interacting with a bunch of people, and they're putting them all together when they're trying to get away from COVID. I mean, I always like the All-Star game. It's always entertaining, but if you're trying to, like, stop that, I think you should just hold back for one year. Yeah. All right. So now, let's segue into some NBA talk. Cool. All right. First is going to be Rookie of the Year. My personal opinion, kind of a mainstream kind of thing, but he's playing really well, is LaMelo Ball. I mean, I, I just see every game they have, I see a clip of him on ESPN doing something pretty good. And, I mean, he's, he started off off the bench, and he was – He's making stuff happen. Like, I, I saw, I mean, they're going to lose the game against the Sixers, but he came up and, like, stole the ball away and scored another three. I mean, he's just trying to make stuff happen no matter what happens. Um, yeah, I just see him as a up-and-coming player. I think he'll be really good as years go. So, um, who's your guys' rookie of the year? Well, I think he's definitely the favorite, and I think he will win. But mm-hmm. I want Emmanuel quickly to win. I feel like he sure. doesn't get it uh, – as much appreciation as he should, especially from his own team. Does he even start? Like, no. Like, yeah, he should be starting. He had, he started the season like his act, like his betting odds for rookie of the year were like so like low, I guess. And now he's like actually coming to the race, and he's like a close second or third in my opinion. And I feel like I I want him to win, and but I feel like Lamelo Ball is just. I don't know. I feel like he will win because at the pace he's going right now. 
which is very cool that he's in the Rookie of the Year race because he went to school right near us. Yeah. Like 15, 20 minutes away to high yeah. school. Christian, who's your Rookie of the Year? Um, For me, I'd probably have to go with the Irish Choice in the Mellow Ball. I'd love to see Quickly win it. Um, I think it's between the Mellow Ball quickly, Tyrese Halliburton on the Kings, and Wiseman right now. Um, I do think Lamelo is the favorite though, because he's leading the Hornets to wins, and he's doing a lot better than a lot of people said that he would. Super questioning that third overall pick, but uh, he's been balling out. But I think he quickly win it, you know, because I feel like he's he has probably the best numbers out of all of them, and mm-hmm. he was picked the lowest out of all of them, and he's proven everybody wrong, except for us. I mean, I I wanted him to be a stud. But uh, he's proven basically everybody wrong right now, which is awesome. But I think Lamar Ball is the rookie of the year right now. So, Dylan, you never clarified who your rookie of the year was. Who is it? Uh, it's, I said Lamar Ball. Okay. Yeah, they're both averaging about 12, 11, 12 a game. But I think Lamar was putting up more of the other rebounds, assists game. So, I believe that puts him over the edge. Although, man. And quickly, still really good and still going to be very good. All right, now on to some MVP. My MVP is Joel Embiid. I was debating on putting Nikola Jokic at my MVP because he has a slightly better stat line, but Embiid's putting up very similar stat line, and his team's number one in the Eastern Conference. So I got to give that to him. He's averaging 28, 28 points, 11 rebounds, and he's yeah, he's averaging a double double. So. Averaging a double-double and your team's number one in the Eastern Conference is good enough for me to give you MVP. Yeah, Joel Embiid, like, right now, like, the game going on right now, he had 31 and a half. I feel like right now, if I had to pick, it would be Joel Embiid. That would be my MVP. But I can also see someone like uh, LeBron or Kawhi getting, like, close at the end of the season. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Kawhi is very close right now. The top two are Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. But right now, if I had to look at this, I would say Joel Embiid's the MVP. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to third that. Uh, not only has Joel Embiid played three less games than Jokic this year, he's averaging more points. Um, and he has, although he's a slightly worse stat line than Jokic, obviously his team's the best in the East. He's led him to more wins. And he has been, I'm not knocking Jokic, but Embiid has literally. Not saying like he's been kind of carrying the Sixers to a lot of their wins, and I think Joel Embiid's just playing a little bit better than Jokic is. So kind of going with what you said, Maddie. Uh, mm-hmm. Embiid's my number one, S- similar stat line, uh, but I think Embiid is just playing a little bit better than Jokic is. Yeah, and then of course the team record will have to slightly play in a mm-hmm. effect in that. All right. Now on to some surprises and disappointments in the ABA. One team and one player for each. So let's start with the teams. My surprising team is the Rockets. They're doing very well without Harden. They just went on a six-game win streak. And they it got broken by the Thunder, I think, last night or night four. And um, Christian Wood is playing very well. He's averaging a double-double. He's 55% field goal and 40 from the three. I just, yeah, he's balling out. I never really knew who he was till this year, and now I do. And I just think they're playing much better, which I kind of expected once Harden left because it was a lot of one-on-one ball, but I like how they're playing. 
Yeah. We're going to do our teams first. Mm hmm. All right. Uh, my surprising team is the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are the best team in the NBA right now. Um, I'm pretty sure nobody expected this out of them. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have said the Lakers, uh, Nuggets, or Clippers were probably going to be the best team, although they're two, three, and four. But the Jazz, they just went on like, I think, an 11 game win streak. Mitchell's been playing great. Gobert, he's 10th in MVP voting right now, or in the MVP race right now. Um, they just play a great team oriented basketball style. Um, getting back, uh, what's this, Bogdan, Bogdanovich is mm-hmm. great for them. Um, I think that's the main reason why they lost in the bubble, not having him. And, uh, yeah, they're shocking the league. And I think they're, they got something to prove after blowing that 3-1 lead in the bubble. Yeah, I have the Utah Jazz, too. They had they only scored 78 points in that game seven where they choked the lead. And um, like you said, they're the best team in the league right now. They have the best offensive rating in franchise history. And everything's just clicking for them. You know, their shooters are hitting what they need to. And Gobert is obviously, he's always been, uh, well, last year he actually didn't have that great of a season, but this year he's proven why he's top tier center, and uh, Jazz are just my surprising team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect them to be number one overall. But I mean, they always had a little potential on them. I, I thought we saw, I always thought it would go downhill instead of uphill, but good for them. All right, so now disappointing teams. My disappointing team is the Heat. They're playing down compared to last year, and they have the exact same roster, so. I don't understand what changed. I mean, I know last year was kind of a shortened season, but I believe they still have the exact same talent and they could still play exactly the same, but they're not. I don't really have much to say about it, but this is all I got. Uh, my disappointing team, I got it with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, one of my disappointing players is on this team. Um, just this team, they just... I don't know what's wrong. The Seth Curry trade, I think, is a big reason why they're not winning games. They lost a lot of shooting, which is going to make Luka have to work a lot harder for more shots. And uh, same with Chris Tapps. And their defense is not good at all. And, man, like, I want to see Luka do good. I want to see Chris Tapps do good. But Josh Richardson, the Seth Curry trade is terrible. Like, this team's just terrible on defense. I don't know what they need to fix, but they're just terrible. They're so underwhelming here. Maybe they can switch it around by all-star break, but I don't know. Uh, I have another terrible team, as my disappointing as the Wizards. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, at first, everyone thought, you know, the Wizards won the trade between John, Roll, John Wall and Russell Westbrook, and now the Rockets have been on fire and the Wizards have been very bad. They thought the the backcourt duo between Westbrook and Beal would have would be great, and um, people thought they were going to sneak into the playoffs, but it does not look like that right now. Uh, yeah. They're currently uh, dead last in opponent points per game. Their defense is bad. They played better defense last game, but they need to stay consistent. Their like the entire offense is just Bradley Beal, and Westbrook like misses every other game. He's like reoccurring quad injury. But, yeah, he's been banged up. He doesn't look as good as he used to be, obviously. He still had that good game uh, against the Nets in a triple-double last game he played, but he missed 
the game. I forget it was either yesterday or the day before. But yeah, I feel like that Westbrook and Beal just need to get. I mean, Westbrook needs to be on the floor one for one. Their defense yeah. needs to be a lot better, and they're just so disappointing. I thought they definitely won the trade, but it looks like the Rockets did right now. Yeah, they're ranked twenty eighth out of thirty, which is not even close to what I was expecting. And the funny thing was, like, Westbrook did better against the Nets than anyone else. He just has that like there's something like different with him against KD. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now on to surprising and disappointing players. My surprising player, he had a he's he's having a low key MVP season is Nikola Jokic. He's always been good, but he's he's sprouting to even higher now. And his stat line is twenty six a game, twenty six points a game. Eight rebound, eight assists a game, and then eleven rebounds a game. So he's averaging a double double, almost a triple double, and his team's doing well. And obviously, earlier I said he was second in my MVP race. So yeah, he's having a good year. He's definitely surprising. Okay. Um, my surprising player, although his team has been kind of disappointing, um, I'm gonna go with Chris Boucher or Boucher, however you pronounce his name, uh, center for the Raptors. Um, after losing Serge Ibaka, uh, the Raptors kind of needed like a face of the front court, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. and Boucher has kind of stepped up to be that guy. Um, he's averaging 13, six rebounds, one assist. Um, you know, not really like numbers that'll jump out at you, but he's slowly becoming one of the best stretch fives in the game. And, He's been one of the br- brighter spots on this Raptors team. Um, and maybe they can slide into the playoffs. And he, I'd say he'd be the reason for why they slide into the playoffs because he's been playing great so far. Mm-hmm. All right, my surprising, impressive player is Colin Sexton. He's averaging more, more points per game and assists per game. He's shooting better from the field and from the three. And... Um, his improvement has not it, sh- it shows through the stats, but also shows just by watching him play. He looks like a leader. He looks like the Cavs can really lean on him going forward. He's emerged as a star. He's had some great performances, including the 42-point game against the Nets where he scored 20 straight. I just feel like he has improved a lot, and he can definitely be a star of the future with the Cavs. Yeah, definitely. All right, my my disappointing player was Kelly Oubre. Now he's dropping like 35 tonight. So, I mean, pre this game tonight, he's having kind of a down year compared to his other years. So, I guess he's still disappointing counting out this game tonight. But I don't have much to say about him. He's just having a worse year than he has than he has had before. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with Kelly Oubre. Uh, although, you know, he had 40 points tonight, you know, <laughs> he, of course, you know, right um, when we write it down. Yeah. Um, he just, he hasn't played like he's been very extremely inconsistent on the court. Um, there, there are times where he, like, he literally didn't make a three pointer. He went like, Oh, for 30 something, I think on three pointers, like. That's not what you want in a trade return. But mm-hmm. I think he's kind of getting it back together. 
but he's still underwhelmed. He's had his worst statistical season since 2017, which was his third year in the league when he came off of his breakout year when he had eight, when he was averaging 18. Now this is expected to drop off when you have Curry um, on your team, but like you're the second option, maybe third option with Wiggins, but like he's just been disappointed. He's only averaging like 12 points, and that's not that's not going to cut it if you're the third option. So. He's just yep. been really inefficient and kind of just meh this year. All right. Um, I wanted to pick Kelly Oubre. I wanted to pick, like, Blake Griffin people, like, players that just been, like, bad. But I try to go in the low. I pick Lonzo Ball. Um, it just doesn't, like, it's not clear what his role is in on this team and in the NBA. His defense and his IQ, his basketball IQ, I mean, he can stay in the league, but his jumper, he can't threaten defenses. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for him to fit on this team. He struggles on a offense. He averages close to 13 points in his fourth year on 40% shooting. And the Pelicans have to make a decision with him on in the offseason. And this was a year for him to prove himself, and he's not proving anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we still have a few minutes on our hands. So, actually, we're going to do the NBA Offensive Player and Defensive Player of the Year because I do not think we'd get done this very quickly as much as we did. So, Dylan, who's your Offensive Player of the Year for the NBA? Ah, sheesh. I don't know. I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah, you know, I might say, I might say, like, I might say Kevin Durant. I feel like Kevin Durant, I feel like towards the end of the season, he may have, I feel like he will come back. And I feel like with the Nets, I feel like maybe even James Harden, I feel like one of them, too, will start to turn up towards the end of the season. But, like, yeah, I feel like, I, feel, I don't know. It's just my bold prediction. It's my, it's just my gut feeling. I feel like Kevin Durant. Christian? Uh, I'm going to go not too bold here. I'm going to stay with Embiid uh, being the primary option of the 76ers. You know, he's averaging a lot of points right now. I think he keeps that through the season as long as he doesn't get hurt. Um, I think he could stay scoring as many points as he is, and I'd see him being the offensive player of the year because he's going to continue to score and be that number one option for the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, crap. All right. My offensive player of the year, so earlier I had it Embiid at MVP, so I'm going to put Jokic as my offensive player of the year because, I mean, he's still, like I said, he has a and he's just behind Embiid, so I'm gonna put him as Offensive Player of the Year. And yeah, that's what I got. He's been he's playing very dominant, so I think he deserves to win it. All right, so now on to Defensive Player of the Year, Christian. Who is your Defensive Player of the Year? Um, I think I'm good. Rudy Gobert. Right. Um, Rudy Gobert's just been a rock for the Jazz. Uh, I see. Uh, wasn't prepared to do this. Um, but he's averaging like 13 rebounds a game. Pretty sure he's averaging like one. He's averaging 2.7 blocks a night, which is insane. Two point, that's almost three blocks a game. And... I don't see any other center putting up those numbers. I don't see any other player putting up those numbers. Maybe like Kawhi, maybe. But uh, I got to go with Gobert for my defensive player of the year. 
my defensive player of the year is Miles Turner. He ha- he's averaging four point two blocks per game. Oh my bad. And uh, for any other player, for reference, only other players to have four point three or more blocks a game for an entire season is Manute Bowl, Hakeem Olajuwon. Like those kind of names, you know. So I mean, yeah, he's definitely playing really well on the defensive side. I haven't heard much about him offensively this year, but he's definitely in the mix there, and I believe he should win it. Although you have people like Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis probably ahead of him, and because they're much more mainstream than him. But when you look at the stats, I think Miles Turner deserves to win it. <clears throat> yeah, I was gonna say I was between. Uh, Miles Turner and Rudy Gobert, but then I look at like Anthony Davis, and I feel like he could also sneak in and win it. But like my official prediction is going to be Miles Turner, pretty much going along with everything you said. He's really just strong core for that team, and he's always been a good shot blocker. I feel like he can win even Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that wraps up our NBA talk. All right, so Dylan, I actually have a couple questions for you before EDP comes. In about the Eagles, how do you feel about Nick Sirianni? The hiring there. Well, honestly, with the options that we had, I don't hate it. But uh, I know a lot of people do hate it. And I saw this report the other day. It was like Eric Bieniemy. He like we said we were going to interview him, but we never like actually formally requested an interview with him. So Nick Sirianni, I feel like, and obviously like Nick Sirianni, his like press conference is horrible, which I don't feel like that can dictate whether he's a good coach or not. But honestly, I feel like we should have waited it out and tried to interview Eric Bieniemy. But, you know, he said he had a good plan for fixing Carson Wentz, so I just have to see how it unfolds. Yeah, Andy Reid said that they never even, like, looked at him, which is kind of weird because he's, like, definitely a very good fit for it. So. I'd rather have had him. Obviously, he's way better. All right. EP there? Yeah, I'm here, dog. Oh, all right. Um, welcoming EDP four four five. So Yo. I have some questions for you uh, about the Eagles. Sure, go for it. What's up? So, what's your feeling toward the hiring of Nick Sirianni? Stupid as fuck. <laughs> um, the Eagles prove once again that they are a piece of shit, pathetic uh, franchise that I don't never amount to shit. Um, they got lucky off of one fluke ass fucking Super Bowl, and all of a sudden they think that they're you know tip top untouchable shit. Yeah, and, I agree. Oh, this just proves that they are fucking poor, ran garbage, pathetic fucking franchise, dude. Um, and they ain't gonna be about shit until they fire Howie Roseman. Yeah. Okay, that's that was actually kind of segueing into my next one. Uh, what about their front office do you not like? Um, so there's two people I don't like. There's Howie Roseman, and then and then there's that fucking, you know, that punk-ass motherfucking leather wig-wearing bitch, uh, Jeffrey Lurie, who ain't about shit. Um, he's the owner at the end of the day, and he's the one that sits back and allow all this bullshit to go on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You have a fucking, I mean, you want to talk about one of the worst fucking GMs in the history of fucking sports. Fuck, fuck this football. I mean, this motherfucker is garbage as fuck. But, (laughs) 
I mean, I have never in my life seen a fucking bitch just whiff on so many fucking draft picks. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I got you. And the guy's a fucking scrub. How the fuck this nigga's horrible, man? So, in your opinion, who would have been a better fit instead of Nick Sirianni as head coach? Me. Yep. <laughs> the fuck? If I'm being serious. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. That man, that old snap two bitch at fucking Subway working the fucking would work, <laughs> have been a better fucking pick. Holy shit, man. Um, I mean, god fucking damn, dude. Me personally, I wanted Josh McDaniels because yeah, that'd be a good fit. I've yeah. known Josh McDaniels to be a hothead, and he's gonna run his foot so far up that fucking Pee Wee Herman looking bitch, Howie Roseman's ass. <laughs> It ain't fucking bode well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Josh McDowns would have been better, too. I mean, he's had a lot of experience, and he has had a few Super Bowl wins in New England, so I think he would definitely have been a better fit. I don't know really why they didn't consider Eric. How do you say his last name? It's like Bienemy. Bienemy. Right. Or Josh McDaniels. I mean, they both would have been a little bit of a better fit, but I don't well, know what they're doing. Well, see, that's the thing, though, dog. See, the Eagles, they're not going to go after a coach who's going to fucking, who's going to demand respect, you know what I mean? See, I don't know what the fuck happened in the city of Philadelphia. Like, these are some pussy fag motherfuckers, dude. I mean, these motherfuckers were damn shit, you know? Like, they're bitch-made. They're, you know, like, they're punk motherfuckers, you know what I mean? Like, I've always known Philly to be strong, harshness, passionate ass, you know what I mean? I'll put my foot up yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But now, they're, I mean, they turned into some fucking faggots, dude. Like, <laughs> so they're not going on to hire, you know, like a strong ass coach on some fucking, uh, what's that nigga's name that coached for the Raiders? Um, John Gruden? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not going to hire a coach that has a strong personality and is going to lay the law down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to hire some stuttering fucking faggot named Nick Sirianni. <laughs> this bitch looks fucking blind as fuck. Like, whatever, I don't give a fuck, man. All right, so my next question is, um, how do you feel about teams calling Philly for a mm. potential Wentz trade? Shit, if I was Wentz, I'd be happy as fuck. I'd be like, man, fuck this team. Get me the fuck out of here, dude. This I team agree. sucks dick. Like, this fucking team is fucking horrible, man. I mean, <laughs> nigga, you never gave him a fucking chance. And when you did mm-hmm. give him a chance, oh, fucking J.J. Arcega Whiteside, that snaggatooth bunny rabbit looking bitch. You know? <laughs> like, I mean... Nigga, you got motherfucking scrubs. Yeah. What a fuck it. I, I do it, nigga. I don't give a fuck. You know what, man? Real shit, though, dude. I want Carson Wentz to go on. He's going to win a few Super Bowls because it always fucking happens that way. It always mm-hmm. does. And I hope and pray to God he goes to the Colts and the Eagles make it to a Super Bowl so he can pull his dick out and piss on the head coach at the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. So if Wentz stays, if they do not trade him, 
Who should start a QB, Hurts or Wentz? Carson Wentz. Okay. Because right when Hurts started, he was looking promising. And then as as the games went on, he started throwing more interceptions, more turnovers, and just like less efficient as it went on. So... Harry Roseman just I I I'm actually so angry. Why would you even draft him in the first place if you Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything. I hate Harry Roseman so much. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad pick. They could have got someone much better. I don't think Bro, we ever had a good draft oh, pick ever. Nigga, you wanna know why they drafted him? Because, because Howie Roseman's a fucking scrub. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, every night before I go to bed, I Hope and I pray to God that I turn on that I turn on the news, and it's reported that Howie Roseman, the Eagles' general manager, has died. Fucking trash. I'm fucking people. Like, like no lie, dude. I've gone to the shooting range and I've printed up a target of Howie Roseman, and I've headshot that motherfucker over fifty. So obviously, you have a deep hate for him. I want that fucking piece of man, man, that Jewish fucking faggot to die. Oh my god! <laughs> Yo. That's respectable. All right, so yeah, um, I'm not an Eagles fan, so I, I'm a Packers fan, so I couldn't really relate to you guys. So oh, I hate. I him. couldn't. I, hate I just couldn't relate. So my last question. So, other than the QB situation. What do the Eagles need to do to be able to contend? Uh, well, first off, Jeffrey Lurie needs to sell the fucking team and step down as owner. Uh, Howie Roseman needs to fucking jump up in the fireplace and kill himself. And then <laughs> when the new owner comes in, they can draft, you know, like draft. No, I'm just fucking around. Um, probably get a wide receiver. All right. And we lost um, six pick. We should be able to, but Hyatt Rosen will probably mess it up. So, God, draft the receiver, and I'm not talking about no scrub fucking bitch that should have been taken up in the fucking. Oh my God, man! What's that shit called that um that Terrell Pryor was taken in? Uh, nigga, I'm not talking about no supplemental draft pick. That mother, like, no, nah, bitch. <laughs> I'm not talking about a seventh rounder and shit. Yeah. Like a top receiver, like a Jamar Chase or a. I want Jamar Chase, but High Roseman is, he's just not gonna pick him. Probably not. Think of my call. I want my fucking dad, who's damn near eighty, to be high. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, yeah, their their offensive line was not very good this year either. They used to be like top top tier offensive line. So, do you think they need to get rid of Jason Kelsey, or just let him let him walk? Dude, I don't know, man. Fuck the Eagles, dog. I'm just out of fucking in with that fucking team, dude. Mm-hmm. Literally, when I stopped giving a fuck, like, you you can literally, like, you can say, oh, I don't give a fuck all you want, but, like, you know deep inside when you just had the fuck enough, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> let, let me tell you something. I can honestly lay here and say, I don't give a fuck about the Eagles anymore. Mm-hmm. That's how fucking done I am, you scrub motherfuckers, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm I an Orioles fan, and they're really bad at baseball right now, so I can relate to that in a sense, but 
I see like all these bad moves that Philly's making, so it's just like I see why you're at an end. Yeah, dude, it's fucking. I just fucking can't do. <laughs> all right, EDP. Um, thank you for joining us. I greatly appreciate it. Hi, yeah. man. Thank you for having me on, dude. You have a good one. All right, you too. Thank you. Yep. All right. God, that's great. I hate how he was in. I hate how he was in. All right, Dylan, thank you for joining us once again. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to episode 15 of the 4 0 Sports Podcast. Have a good one.